0: All right, right, everybody, it's time to get started investing in real estate rental properties. This is the Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I help people quit their job, live the dream life, and invest in real estate rental properties, and I want to do that with you. I want to help you do the exact same thing. Now, today, we're going to be talking about property managers. And these are going to be multiple shows. We're going to be talking about property managers because there's so much to talk about. And I get questions all the time about how to make sure you find the right property managers. Who should you pick as a right property manager? What should you look for? And all these sort of questions that really come up because... Everybody knows that if you have a bad property manager, you're gonna get bad tenants and you're not gonna make money. It's easy to understand that. If you have a bad quarterback on your football team, you're gonna most likely lose. And so we don't wanna do that. We want to have a business that makes us money every single month all right guys now let's get started where we talk about property managers and how they are going to help us in our business and finding the right one this is part one of this series and let's get to it and start the show Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties, with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, let's get started now, where we talk about Rental properties. Now, somebody, if you might just be, you know, listening and tuning in for the very, very first time, it's kind of funny sounding like I'm super excited. Well, I am super excited, but when you think about, man, rental properties, who can get excited about rental properties? Well, I personally do get excited mostly because of what it affords me, how it allows me to never work a job and never have to answer to somebody else, have plenty of money to pay my bills, and all that great stuff. So I want to say thank you you so much for being here with me I'm super excited that you're here and obviously it's hopefully you know you're going to be getting this enthusiasm that you can actually do this as well now from time to time I like to read some reviews of people that leave reviews for the podcast and I got a five star recently and the person that left the review is ev10k a day I'm not sure exactly what, but it's it's probably like $10,000 a day. Hopefully you're gonna be making $10,000 a day. It sounds like, but anyways, this person says, I am new. I have been on the sidelines for about a year. I'm planning on purchasing a rental in two weeks. This podcast has really provided great information, but more importantly, it has provided confidence. I have been listening straight for two days. Trading trading dollars for hours isn't it. Thanks for all the advice. Hopefully, I will make it out of the rat race. Yes, absolutely. EV 10 k day. I really, I think, I I actually know that you absolutely can do it as long as you do it right because there is a right way and there is a wrong way and a way that you're going to lose money. Now, really quick tip I'll give everybody. Make sure... That you, when you buy your property, you account for all the expenses like we just talked about in this last or the previous podcast episode, account for all the expenses and make sure you know what you're going to make in income and how much you're going to make it. And if you subtract the expenses from the income, that leftover is your passive income. That's your profit coming in your pocket. Or if you're losing money, that's negative, um, (laughs) negative cash flow coming out of your pocket. So what you want to do is make sure you account for all the expenses subtract that from the income and whatever's left over is going into your pocket. So that's a huge tip I want to give you. Make sure that you at least try to account for $200 plus in your pocket every single month. So as long as your income, let's give you an example. $1,000 in income from rent, all your expenses including everything we talked about in this previous episodes, that equals up to $800. Well, you're still going to be making a month, even after all the expenses, plus your tenant is paying for your mortgage as well Isn't that fantastic. Now I wanted to share with you that I recently just got done with my first webinar that I've done sharing about how I created a six figure business. Now the webinar was for people who are on my newsletter. And if you're not on my newsletter, you probably would not have seen it. So I want to give you two things. Number one, how to get on these webinars that I'm going to be putting out um, teaching all this great stuff, more great content of how to invest Real estate, as well as a free course, a free investing course, and you plus you'll be on my newsletter. So go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course all one word forward slash free course and i'll put it in the description and everything in there as well it'll be in the description that i talk about today and all the other links and also this is the master passive income podcast show number zero five six so if you're going to go to the show notes go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash zero five six so go get your free course go ahead and go to the show notes you're going to see everything now like i said This is going to be a multi-part series because talking about property managers, there's so much to know. When I first got started, I lost tens of thousands of dollars because I did not hire the right property managers. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know how to make sure I found and employed the right property manager for my business. I even had, you know, I'm gonna tell you a story. So when I first started buying properties, I flew out to Ohio from California. I literally got in a plane, took a red eye because I didn't have any money. So I was like, well, I'm going to try to save as much money as I could. I took a red eye flight from California. Actually, I drove to Sacramento from Fresno. That's a two and a half hour drive. Drove there in the middle of the night, got on the red eye flight, flew from Sacramento to Ohio and got there and tried to hit the ground running i was obviously tired but we got there like at 8 or 9:30 in the morning or something like that i already had lined up property managers to talk to realtors to talk to um inspectors wholesalers realtors uh, i already said realtors but i um contractors i got so many people lined up so that i can see properties and talk to people there on the ground plus i also wanted to see the area and see what it's like to live there and who lives there and all that sort of stuff so I do one night stay, so I fly there, get there around 7.30, 8.30 in the morning, somewhere around there, go all day looking and talking and looking and talking, you know, talking to, uh, talking to people, looking at properties, and then going to bed late and just trying to get a few hours of sleep. Then the next day, same thing, going, 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 talking to property managers, talking to realtors, looking at so many different properties. Now, remember, this is the very, very first time that I started investing because I was like, oh, I'm scared. I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to fly out there. Now, since then, in all the other places I invest, I don't fly out before. I literally find an area to invest. Don't fly out there. I pick my team, find my team and all that sort of stuff, find properties and buy properties without even seeing the property. So out of the 30 plus properties that I own, I've literally seen one before I bought it. And I've only seen the other, the second property that I've seen, I only saw because I was actually in the area for for a conference or something. So all that to say, 30 plus properties, I've only seen two. And I mean, hopefully that sinks in. You can do this. And don't think that it's impossible for you. It, I thought it was impossible for me, but I did it. And I want to show you how to do that as well. Now, continuing on with the story. So that first property that I see, found a great realtor. We got one property and I put an offering on it. And I put that offer in, and everything went well. I already had a property manager that I thought, hey, you know, actually, actually, I did not meet more than one. I only met one property manager, the one that I first contacted with. I didn't know, it again, I did, this is my first time, never done it right, but I looked at so many properties, and but I only looked at, looked at one property manager, and I'm gonna tell you, that was the wrong thing to do. You need to talk to at least three to four different property managers. So continuing on with the story, I found that one property manager, everything was going right. You know, I bought the property, she fixed it, or she used contractors and everything to fix it up, got it rented. And then I started buying more properties, one property after another. So for about a year, things were going very, very well. I was making, I don't know, $750 a month from two different properties. Um, I was buying more properties. And then there was she knew that I also had another business. I had another business, which was a pizzeria and convenience store, all wrapped in one in the downtown Fresno area. And so I started out from scratch and was working on that business. And she knew that I had that business as well. So she called me one day and said, hey, I'm going to start a sub sandwich business. And I wanted to pick your brain about the business. And me being a nice guy, it's like, sure, I'll help you out. What I should have realized was, oh, crap. (laughs) This She's actually going to take her eye off the ball of of, uh, property management and so more bad things can come of this. So I walk her through the process and you know inventory and all that good stuff. And I literally spent like a good hour and a half to two hours working with her or talking with her how to do it. And then after that, she starts her business. Then I started seeing problems in my rental business, not my convenience store and pizzeria business, not that one in the rental business, because I started noticing, hey, what is this receipt Or sorry, not not receipt. What is this deduction for, you know, $800 water water line leak or something like that without any invoices without any uh, receipts or anything like that? It was just a line item. Oh, here's a fix. And I was getting so many things like that, everything from from large to small. And what it turned out was her business started doing her sub sandwich business started doing very poorly within the first like three or four months. And so she started stealing from me. It was horrible. And this is, I just started my business. I only had, you know, I think three properties, maybe four. It was maybe a year, year and a half into my business building process and everything was going great, but then she started a business and went downhill and started stealing from me. Now, I'm not gonna tell you the story in order to make you not invest in real estate. I'm telling you the story that there is a way to do it, and now you, I, I can show you how to actually do it right, because I've made all the mistakes in the past. Now, with all those mistakes that I've gone through, I've basically streamlined it. and made a step-by-step process so that you can make sure that you're finding the right property manager. Now she started stealing from me, so I quickly fired her. I mean, I didn't even let her know I was firing her. I got, a, I hired a property manager right away, and I said, "These are the properties I want you to, um, you know, take over right away. Don't even let her just show up at the door. I'm gonna send her an email. I'm gonna give her a call, and she, if she doesn't answer, which she didn't, because she was doing some bad stuff, I'm gonna send her an email." And then you go pick up the keys and say, hey, Dustin's doing this. If you have any questions, call him. But he's taking over uh, or you're taking a talking to the property manager. You're taking over the property management. So, man, that was a, a lot of stress when my business is starting to lose money and I'm putting money into my business, which is not the way business I want my business to run. I make them so that they run without me. And since then, I have worked with so many property managers, I've actually had to, you know, I had even had one property manager retire. I was like, oh, crap, I got to find somebody. He said, well, I'll give you six months to find somebody else. Well, I wasn't worried because I knew I could work out and find a good property manager. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how to find a good property manager, how to select them and everything in between. Now, there's so many things. Now, the first thing I want to look at is should you manage the property yourself or hire a property manager. That's the first thing I wanna look at. Now, a DIY, like do-it-yourself property management, that is a ton of work. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you want to be fixing a leaky toilet at 4 a.m.? I doubt you do, neither do I, absolutely. I don't wanna do that either. Now, if you are your own property manager, You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to field those calls, you know, at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something like that when bad things happen. You're going to have to go through the evictions yourself. You're going to have to, you know, show the properties. You're going to have to do so much work on your own as opposed to doing the things that you really want to do, like traveling or spending time with your family or serving the poor or working in your church or something like that. There's so many different things that you can do with your time. Now, I'm not going to say that to dissuade you from doing your own property management. You may really enjoy it. I personally hate doing property management. I just like, oh, man, I got to talk to this guy again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to the tenants. I want my property managers to talk to them so that I can just basically live my life and not have to talk to anybody. So I'm going to encourage you to pick a property manager. I'm going to give you a huge pro tip. If you are going into buying a property thinking that you're going to manage the property yourself, if you're going to be doing that, I strongly, strongly encourage you to put in the expense of a property manager being like 10% or you know 12%. If you're going to put yourself in there, maybe do a 15%. I don't really know what you would want to, but you want to be comfortable enough to know that if, God forbid, something happened or you had to move out of town because of your job or whatever and you couldn't manage the property anymore... You're making sure that you are not going broke or you're not going in the negative by hiring a property manager. Imagine yourself that you are hiring yourself to be the property manager. So you would definitely put in that 10% expense of the rents per month as an expense that you need to put in there. And that goes to you in your pocket. It's like you're working for that 10%. Now let me ask you, is 10% of a thousand dollars, is that worth your time to manage a property? So a hundred dollars, is that worth your time? It very well could be. For me, for a few years, I I managed a couple of my properties and it it was great. I I would say great. It was not fun managing properties, but it was great saving that money because I needed that money so I could buy more properties. Now I don't do that anymore. I let the property managers because I have plenty of money coming in. So I'm going to encourage you to, as a big pro tip, make sure that you account for that expense Before you buy the property, last thing you want is to have to manage the property or hire a property manager and then realize that you're going in the negative every single month. So run those numbers with a property manager and imagine you putting it in your pocket as well. Now, what to look for in a property manager. Now, there are so many big, let's start just with in this episode, we're going to be talking about characteristics like what to look for in the characteristics there's also we're also going to cover things lots of other things like the fees and how to actually find property managers how to select them how to you know what to do after you select the right property manager and you know what to do with all that sort of stuff there's so many different things that we're going to talk to so it's going to be a couple different episodes in the series but let's look at what we are looking for In the characteristics of a property manager, your first thing that you need to be looking for is, above all, top notch. Absolutely has to be trustworthiness. Let me give you another story. So, my next area that I was looking to invest because I did it once and I thought I had to do it, I literally flew to Illinois. It was what what city was it? Springfield, Springfield, Illinois. I literally flew out there. Same thing. Flew a red eye. Met with property managers and all that sort of stuff, and. Long story short, I won't go into the long story um, that I did earlier, but the long story short, I found that I did not find a good property manager that I found was trustworthy. Now, there was a property manager that stood out a little more so than the others, but his answers and um, you know how, his, how he acted and all that stuff it didn't sit well with me like I just trust my gut and I'm gonna encourage you trust your gut you know go with your instincts if a person just comes across as hey maybe this person might not be the right person to work with honestly I'm gonna tell you you probably should go with that a friend of mine once said all yellow lights turn to red and I think that's a great great point if you're starting to get you know yellow caution flags going up in your brain when you're talking to a property manager before you hire them Take that as something like, man, this might be something serious. I don't want to get into business with somebody I'm going to have to eventually fire. That takes so much work. Now, imagine you getting into a business with a property manager in a year and a half, just like I did. You have to fire that one or they move on or they're stealing from you or whatever then you have to do it all over again. I don't want that. I have property managers that have worked for me for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, like so many years because they are in the business for the long haul and I select them right. So the very, very first one is trustworthiness. Making sure that they that they're coming across as trustworthy, as much as you can understand them. So your property manager needs to be able to, you know, where you're getting the truth, that they're getting to you the right information when you want it. And if they're really, really good, they're going to make you feel like you're completely taken care of. Like, hey, don't worry about a thing. I got everything taken care of. And I'm going to tell you what I did. Like not just, hey, just trust me, This is what I'm doing, X, Y, and Z, and you can follow along to make sure I'm doing everything, but I got you taken care of. So if you're talking to somebody on the phone, a property manager on the phone, and it's coming across like, man, this person, like, they're not answering their questions right. They're kind of shady. They're kind of dodgy. Um, I, maybe it might not be a good idea to work with them. Here's something that I've done. So recently, I was talking with another company. They're a crowdfunding investing company about like commercial properties. They were trying to talk to me about promoting them and pushing, you know, what they offer. And after meeting, I literally sat down with them for about an hour. They told me their whole business. They, you know, they're trying to raise like twenty-two million dollars, but they only have a million dollars raised. All that to say, the questions that they were answering um, should have been very cut and dry, very simple. They should have had all these answers. So I had a list of like ten different questions, but their answers were so vague and so unsatisfactory that I just said, you know what? And I'm just not going to be working with you because just I didn't feel a good sense from that company. So same thing with you. I'm going to give you a huge tip. Go with your gut. Go with your gut to make sure that you're going to be working with somebody that's trustworthy. Now, if you're a horrible judge of, um, of character, maybe work with other people. There's, I'm going to get a couple of things like references in a little bit, which you're going to use other people's judge of character as well. But, uh, so next one, accountability. Everything that a property manager does, everything that they do, should be ran through you. Now, I'm not saying, you know, hey, there's a $50, um, you know, part that you have to get fixed. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that they should run things through you that you actually clarify and and make sure that it's, it's basically a business process. And this is what I do. Anything that is over $300. is kind of, it's okay. You can go $250, but anything over $300, you come to me and I say yes to a repair. If it's under $300, just don't even bother me. Go ahead and get it done. I mean, you could even say, you know, under $100, go ahead and get it done. You could absolutely do that. But I know with property managers, they're great, but it's not their money. And it's not their money. And so what happens is, you know, like, oh, you know, I could probably get it cheaper if it was my money, like a a $2,000, you know, um, uh, furnace bill, I probably could get it maybe down for 1500. But you know what, I'm gonna it's just easy, get it done. Let's go ahead and get it done for 2000. Well, I tell my property managers that you are accountable to me, everything that you do, is scrutinized by me. I'm your customer. The tenant is not your customer. So what you want to do is make sure the person is accountable to you and everything you say. They do everything that you say that you want them to do. And then you also hold them accountable by reviewing every statement and income statement that comes in. Just like I was telling you, that's how I found out that my property, my first property manager was stealing from me was because I saw that the income and expenses were not lining up. The statements were not lining up. So you want to make sure you have somebody that's accountable, that you can trust them. Now, one big tip I'm going to give you. If at all there is ever, you know, after you hire a property manager, two years, five years, or however many years from then, after you hire them, if there's ever a seed of doubt, like maybe there's something shady going on, don't push that aside Put that in your brain as something that, you know what, I'm absolutely going to be watching out for this because this is your money. This is how you're going to be paying and putting food on the table and being able to do the things you want and not work a job. You want to make sure that you lock that in your brain and don't let that go. Say, you know what, if if this continues to happen, I'm going to have to fire them and find somebody else. Here's another quick tip. You want to hire slow but fire fast. I'm probably going to do a whole other podcast episode on this because it's such an important lesson. You want to hire the person, whoever it is, slowly, and then fire them when they are bad as fast as possible. Don't delay the inevitable, just cut ties and get done. Okay, next one communication. And this communication is huge for me. I mean, like I could put this at number one. Actually, these are not in just in in order at all of, you know, importance, but communication for me obviously goes along with trustworthiness, but communication is by far what I absolutely desire from my property manager. Now, if a property manager takes a week to get back to me, in my world, that is horrible. I don't wait that long. This is my business. You don't mess around with my business. If it's going to take you a week to get back to me on something, there's something wrong. I'm going to fire you and get somebody else. So it's not unreasonable for you when you're interviewing and talking to property managers. It's absolutely not unreasonable to say, would you guarantee me a 24 hour turnaround on the conversation so either email, phone call or text in whatever manner I, I reach out to you if it's a text then send a text back within 24 hours that is a that that's, that's not unreasonable now if they are sick or something i completely understand that but it should not continually happen where they're taking days or weeks to get back to you because your business as a property sits vacant or they're not paying rent That is money out of your pocket. Now, when I'm screening for property managers before I invest in a new area, all property managers, actually, you know, I take that back, not just property managers, every single service provider should be putting on their best foot forward before you hire them for the job. So, let me give you an example. If you are going to hire a property manager and that property manager takes you know, four days to call you back the first time. And then you call them back and you talk to them. It's it's going okay. Conversation is going well. But you have to call them back again to get some more clarifications to continue the interview process. And they take a week to get back to you. And then they finally call you back. And then the next time, like their emails, they never respond to their emails. So here's my point. If the property manager takes that long to reply and communicate with you before they have your business how do you think it's going to be when they actually have your business? How much worse is it going to be? Trust me, it's going to be much worse. So, big pro tip is while you're interviewing them, they better be putting their best foot forward because that's the best you're going to get. And if it's already bad, then move on. Okay. Next one is. Quality of work. So when you have a good property manager, the quality of the the rehab, of the repairs, and the people that they use, the contractors and everything, should meet your standards. Now, they might be better or worse, And as long as they meet your standards, that is what you want because your property is your property. It doesn't matter if their standards are like 10 notches below yours, they need to jump up. If their notches are 10 notches above yours, they need to come down. Like I'm not going to put granite countertops in a place that absolutely does not need granite countertops. In fact, it'll just be a $3,000 expense and it might raise the the, um the rents up by like fifteen dollars a month well it's going to take me a darn long time to be able to pay off that that uh, uh granite countertop, so I am not going to do that so here's what i'm saying. you want to make sure that the quality of work that the property manager puts out is adequate to what you want basically just their extension of you is what they're going to do so your property manager wants to make the property desirable to be a rentable property for tenants, but at the same time not waste your money to make it more overly elaborate than it should be or way under to where it's not going to get rented or rent for a lot less than it should. Here's another one for you. References. References are huge in my world, especially, like I said, if you don't have a good judge of character. If you don't have a good judge of character or you can't, you know, it's hard for you to judge somebody's character. And, or you're really, really trusting and like, man, this, this guy's a nice guy. You know, I'm just going to let him go, go through with the, um, with being my property manager. If that's you, which I can, can I contend tend to be that where I can be much more on the end of, yeah, let's give a little leeway or give a little grace in that area. I am like that, but I shouldn't be because it's my business. I got to make sure I put money on, or put food on the table with money from my business. So with references, You want to check the property manager's references. Now, here's another thing that happened. So this is the instance where I flew out to Illinois, to Springfield, Illinois, met with a number of property managers, specifically met with one, and it was going really, really well. Everything was going great with, you know, working with him. He showed us a bunch of properties. Everything looked really good. Like he, I was going to say, let's start buying properties. And then I said this. Could I get a few references, maybe one or two references of the people that you work with? I just want to see, you know, what they say about you and your business. And he looked me dead in the eyes and said, no, no, I will not give you any references. Then, and the main reason I said, well, why? And he said, the main reason why is because my landlords, the people that I work for trust me to keep their, you know, um, anonymous, be anonymous. There's probably a better word for it, but like they, I don't give out their information. I said, well, even for references for your business, I mean, surely you have some good people that are excited about your work that would want to share, hey, this guy's good. He said, nope, nope, I just don't do that. I said, okay, bye-bye then, (laughs) take care. And so I moved on because if somebody cannot give me a reference for their work, then they are doing something wrong. That is absolutely, like any service business whatsoever, you should be able to say, hey, look at what I've done. An example, it just in my business with Master Passive Income, I have so many students and people that have gone through my courses and work with me that I can point to and say, look at them. They did what I showed them to do and look at how they're living now. And I would not say, well, no, you can't see any references. Just take my word for it. No, absolutely not. I know that's a part of business that helps, that would have helped me to jump forward into buying a property. But because he acted like that, I said, you know what, I'm moving on. So that's the big reason why I did not start investing in Illinois. And here's another thing: investing in in Illinois is very rough right now. And I'm glad I didn't buy any properties there because uh, the state might go bankrupt. Sorry if you actually live there, but they're spending lots and lots of money, just like California. It's a rough state to invest in. Anyways, um, I bagged on it just a little bit. So I apologize if you're living there and if you're investing there and you're doing great. Good for you. I'm super, super excited. I just for me, it was not a place for me to invest. Okay, another one commission percentage, the amount that I pay my property manager is based on the contract of the services that they provide. Now, some property managers are 8%, 10%, 12%, or whatever percent it might be. Some could even be a flat fee, like a minimum fee or not minimum fee, a flat fee of like $95, which, you know, if I I have some properties, um, one p- t- property, excuse me, I'm all tongue-tied. One property in particular, I think it's like, you know, an $1,800 a month rent. Well, 10% of that is $180. That's a lot of money. And so in this one particular area, I have a property manager that charges me $95 flat fee, which is great because it it's basically saves a whole nother $95 and puts it in, or uh, you know is it $85, puts it in my pocket. So I'm super excited to find property managers. But it also depends on the area of the country that you're investing. So in one area, it might be that everybody's percentage, which most of the country is like that. Other areas, some property managers, like in the area, all of them are on a monthly basis, a flat fee. Now, it just depends on the area, so you can also negotiate, and this is a big tip, I'm gonna give you another pro tip, Always negotiate everything with your property manager. Your property manager is going to give you something you're going to ask for. You need to get before um, you make a decision, you need to read it a property management agreement. Agreement between you, the landlord, and them, the property manager, making sure that you look through everything that they're going to do, what they say they're going to do, what they say they're not going to do, what they're going to charge you for, what they're not going to charge you for. All that stuff you got to read through everything. So the commission percentage, in my opinion, a good round number is about ten percent. If you get them down to eight percent, that's even better. But then again, you know, if, if you're only renting a place for eight hundred bucks and they're only getting eight percent, I mean, that's, I mean, how much is that? Like sixty-five bucks a month. That's not a lot to manage a property. So all that to say. The commission percentage does come in a factor, but that's also something that you can negotiate. Another thing I wanna give you is the other fees that come up, and this will be inside of their management agreement with you, the other fees that come up with property managers. There are fees and fees and fees that potentially property managers can actually charge you all the time. So here's one, a big, huge pro tip I'm gonna give you. I never, ever, ever sign with a property manager that charges a minimum monthly fee. So here's the way it worked out, or it would work out. If it's not rented, if it's not making any money, they're going to charge you $50 just to have that as them being the property manager. And if it's not rented for three months, that it, you're going to be paying $150. If it's not rented for six months, that's $300. Well, shoot, I am not paying you to not have the property rented. So that minimum monthly fee, if they have in there, usually I, I do one of two things. I strike it out or I say, hey, I need you to remove this. I'm not going to work with you if you have that in there. And I'm not going to pay a minimum fee. Or I just literally dismiss them. Like if other things didn't work out, like the trustworthiness and accountability and quality of work didn't work out. I just see that. I'm like, okay, this just puts a nail in the coffin. They're not a good property manager. I move on. So here's my perspective. Minimum monthly fee, negotiate that out or move on. Another big one that comes up is an upcharge for contractor's repairs. You know, they would add on an extra 10%. So if it costs $1,000 to fix it, whatever it is, they're gonna charge you an extra 10%, which is an extra $100 for the repairs. I personally don't like that. If you're managing my property, you're managing everything for the management fee. Like if I'm being nickel and dime for others' fees, I'm gonna be nickel and dimed that way, what is my 10% a month coming? Like, what does that go towards? Like, I don't want to be nickel and dime. And so I usually negotiate that out if that's in there. That should not be something that they charge for. Here's another one that you're probably not going to get out of. Um, and it's something that we talked about in the last episode, but it is a finder's fee. When you first get a property and you fix it up, get the property rented, that when you rent the property, there's a finer's fee of usually the first month's rent or half of first month's rent or you know a, a certain dollar amount, whatever it might be, because they need to lease the property. They need to show the property. They need to do all the contracts. They need to do, basically do everything, all the marketing to get somebody in there And I completely understand that. They get put a lot of work into it, but that's something you got to account for. A finder's fee is something you account for, but you can also negotiate. And again, as always, pro tip is negotiate everything in this business. If you're not uncomfortable um, doing the negotiation, you're not asking low enough. Like keep doing it until you get uncomfortable. Another one. Is marketing fees? Some property managers, on top of finder's fees, will even charge you a marketing fee. I say no. I'm, there's nothing more, nothing much more to say about that. Just say no to any other marketing fees. Another one that I hate is a charge. They ch- like a, basically a line item like. to to view the property at any given time like if we got to go visit the property, you know Look at the property inspect the property. It's $50 every time like no What in the world is my 10% a month going for my 10% a month is going for you to take care of all these things So no, so negotiate that out or move on Now. The biggest thing I can leave you with is this. If you got a good property manager, you want to make sure that they're taken care of, just like your star quarterback. Now, I personally enjoy football, probably not as much as others, but I enjoy football. And imagine you have a football team where you had a really good quarterback or, I, you know what, I'm going to pick one of the best quarterbacks ever. And I'm going to, no, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but Joe Montana. He is absolutely one of the best quarterbacks. I hated when the Niners traded him over to Kansas City Chiefs. When he went over to the Chiefs, I was like, what? And I guess I do understand, you know how they had Steve Young in the wings, who is also arguably a fantastic, one of the, you know, Hall of Fame type quarterbacks. But getting rid of Joe Montana was really, really rough for me. Now, I want to leave you with this. If you have a good property manager... You want to make sure you take care of them well. Pay them well because they are running your business. They're going to be the ones that are going to be taking the 2 a.m. phone calls. They're going to be the ones answering the phone calls while you're traveling the world or on a date or doing whatever you want, you know, going to your kid's Little League game. You don't work. They do the work for you, so take care of them well. I've even sent sent my property managers like gift baskets at the end of the year, you know, Christmas time, just to hey, you know, appreciate. Hey, thank you very much for being, you know, such a good property manager. I've even done that as well. So take care of them well. All right, guys, this has been such a eye opening thing for me when I started building my business in order to find the right property manager to make my business run well. Hopefully you got a lot out of this. Now listen to the next episodes where we are gonna be talking about other things like how to find them, like literally how to literally find them, um, how to select the right ones, all that sort of stuff. We're gonna be talking about everything about property managers because this is gonna be the lifeblood of your business is making sure that you have somebody running it so that you don't have to. All right, guys, remember, get out there, go get my free course, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. So you can get a part of my newsletters. You can see the webinars that I put on and all that good stuff. And anyways, you guys are great. Thank you so much for being here. And if you got anything out of this, you got anything good out of this, I would like for you to pass this on to one person. Just tell one person about this podcast. It'll really help to get the word out so more people can change their life with rental properties. All right, guys, you take care of yourself. I'll see you next week. Peace out.